Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here. Since we started the show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't know who's always going to win, but I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between our live in-game betting, endless props, and fancy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sports book business, they've gone, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking up our listeners all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code PANTHER25 when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. You're laying down 100 bucks. you've now got an extra $50 in play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code PANTHER25. You play, you win, you get paid. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here with another Panther Ranch podcast. Welcome in, you guys. It's Friday. We made it. It's Memorial Day weekend, and just to let you know, it's Memorial Day, just in case you thought it was cookout weekend, or get shit-faced weekend, or go to a pirate game weekend. It's Memorial Day, damn it, and it's America. Well, that's pretty much sums up the whole memes thing. Basically, Memorial Day weekend is a time where, you know, we spend time with loved ones. And for those who fought, you know, who were in the service, we remember those who didn't make it back. And, you know, these people could be relatives of yours. Someone you know, or even someone you know, or if you, or if you fought in the military, you know, if you're in, you know, if you're in the military, you happen to fight in a war. Maybe it's someone who just, you know, you you fought alongside them, didn't come back. I mean, you know, I spent like a while watching MRE. You know, I think I talked. I think I spoke about this in previous podcasts where I was watching the the MREs where the guy was oring them. From people, he was opening up MRA, MREs from like uh, like World War Two, World War One, Vietnam. He even had an MRE from the eighteen hundreds, like like late eighteen hundreds, from Britain, and he ate it actually. And the, the food was actually edible. It was basically like dried beef. It was basically beef jerky, is pretty much what it was. And, and I guess if you cooked it in water, it turned into beef actually. But, you know, his favorite part of the whole thing is obviously the uh, accessory pack. Because, you know, in World War One, World War Two, in Vietnam, you got packs of cigarettes. And even the guy, even the guy said, if you, when you watch, he said the cigarettes are the best part. He's because the cigarettes, they're made at a time where they're, you know, the, um, they didn't put a whole lot of stuff in the tobacco. There was, there was less chemicals. And so he said the cigarettes are actually really good. The one thing he does love is, he does love is the coffee because the coffee's instant. But he said the, the coffee is just it's delicious. It's 
like coffee from World War II, like from the 40s, the instant coffee, he said it was less acidity, and it just went down smooth. But yeah. You know, my my dad went, he said like, uh, you know, he never, you know, he's never really opened up much about the Vietnam War until I guess when I show, when I started showing the MREs, he would, that, that's when he started talking about, you know, his time there, because he, you know, my four years of existence close to, he hasn't really spoken too much about it, but basically he, he was a combat engineer and every morning he had to go out to the village and do mine sweeps. That was part of his uh, duties and, you know, like he's, and I think I mentioned before, he knew when there was the, when the VC was around, when he, they found dead bodies the next morning. And he said a lot of times it was for them plant mines and a lot of times it was their own soldiers blowing themselves up because they forgot where they were, where they were planting the mine, you know, the mines. <laughs> and, you know, he said, you know, they really didn't cut a whole lot of wires when they found mines. They just took a stick of dynamite and just blew the thing up, and, you know, that way. One thing he mentioned was with the MREs is they would um, get them. And a lot of guys would trade their MREs. If there were some, you know, if there was ones that they got they didn't like, they would trade them to other soldiers. And he said, like, you know, where they stayed, they had they had a, a, a cafeteria or cook on site, so they really never really used MREs a whole lot. He said the MREs were mostly for when you were out in the field and you were there, going to be there out there a long time for like maybe like a day, day or two. Who knows? That's when you ha- that's when you had those. They were just more for emergency. But a lot of guys they would trade, you know, their MREs if there was some food, a certain food they liked, or if some didn't smoke, they would give their cigarettes away. And and you got different ty- there was actually different types of cigarettes you got, whether they were Marlboros, Luckies, and guys traded them. But that, but the you know they 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 got toilet paper with their thing. And my dad said, you know, when you were out in the field, you had to carry your toilet paper. They would always put in their helmets. But pretty much when it rained, the toilet paper would be pretty much useless after that, and they would throw it. You know, you pretty much throw it aside. But my dad will be marching the parade. I think he's he's marched the same parade for over forty years now. Every year, he says he's going to be be done doing it. He still gets his uniform pressed, and he'll do it. And he'll visit the cemeteries, and they'll plant the flags because I've done that before. And you know they'll do the um, the salute, the gun salute. You know that's that. I mean, you know at least they get you know at least down with the parade they had a marching band because I remember for the longest time when I was a kid we didn't have we didn't have a. Um, we didn't have a, a a band. We had a uh, basically what we what they would do was they would take a uh, a Chevy Blazer or a GMC Jimmy, and they would put a stereo system in it, and they would blast the parade music from it, and they would drive down the thing, and we would all march. You'd have the uh, the veterans, the Boy Scouts, and then all the baseball teams. Now you won't even see that anymore. So I don't yeah I don't know. It's been it's been a long time. But uh, enjoy it, guys. Have fun. Stay safe. Because I know I will. Anyways, let's get to some pit stuff. So Pitt uh, landed a Florida transfer. 
Uh, Colin Johnson, he's a graduate transfer. He's a linebacker. He was a three-star recruit out of uh, Dallas, Texas. This is according to Cardiac Hill. The man who wrote this is Mike Wilson. He wrote this up, so I'm going to give him credit for it. So I'm not, you know, hijacking information. But obviously he you know, he came out of Dallas. And he spent four years with the Gators, and he was a letterman. He's got one year of eligibility left. He's, he'll play immediately. He played 33 games in Florida. He, had, he started nine of them, 83 total tackles, five, five, five and a half for losses and one sack. Basically, Pitney's experience at linebacker. They, well, they need the linebackers because they lost a whole bunch of guys. You know, Adubu, Reginus, and Zeiss were all gone. Thanks, Mike, for all this, by the way, if you're listening, or if somebody on here is listening from Cardiac Hill. But, uh, yeah, Mike pretty much breaks this down, and, you know, Pitt obviously needs help in this uh, thing. So, hey, that's awesome. So, obviously, there was another issue that happened. Uh, Nick Kai Hill-Green commits to Michigan, and I guess he was a whippy old kid. And, obviously, Pitt was supposedly his dream school, as what I, was, as what I suppose is what I read on Twitter. I don't know if that's true or not. But Michigan came and offered him, and... He took it. I mean, that's just the reality, guys. I mean, we've been through this before, and of course, there's some hot takes about what does Pitt need to do about local recruiting. Local recruiting has been an issue with Pitt since I've been hopped up on this recruiting stuff. This was over. This is almost 20 years ago. Local recruiting has been an issue, but then it's going to be always going to be an issue, and there's always going to be some reasons for it. There's going to be some reason a kid kid locally goes elsewhere. It's either he didn't get offered quick enough or the uh, the coach is upset because we didn't offer one of the kids from last year or previous years. So he doesn't want his kid going the pit. Although it's not really his kid. It's just a kid who plays for him. But, you know, to them, it's, it's their players. They don't want, you know, they're going to push him elsewhere. Or, you know, the kid had a family member, and whether it's a distant cousin or whatever, that, you know, Pitt didn't offer. Or maybe he went to Pitt and Pitt didn't play him. And, yeah, it's just it's just so many angles and so many variables as to why local kids go elsewhere. The, the two big ones are this. If a bigger school offers them, they're going to go, most likely. There's a good 60 same chance... Maybe even higher that they'll that they'll go, and that just is what it is. Two, not every kid wants to stay in Pittsburgh when they graduate high school. They don't want to go to Pitt; they want to go elsewhere, and they probably don't want to play at Heinz Field. They want to go somewhere else, and you know, whether the weather's nice or if it's a bigger school or it's just a bigger stadium. It just is what it is. I mean, 7-7 and a Coastal Division championship isn't going to win you over any local kids at all. It won't. So Pitt has to go elsewhere to get players. That's just the, that's the reality of it. And that's where we're at. So I don't think anybody should really jump off the ledge for local kids going elsewhere 
They've been doing it for years, and they're going to keep doing it. So, all I can say is, you know, just buckle up. (laughs) That's all you can do. You know, we'll get players. We've always gotten players. We'll still get we'll still get players. They may not be the one. You know, we may not get the the whole thing that we want. But it is what it is. Obviously, we want a whole team, not just you know players. We love having an Aaron Aaron Donald, but we want a full team of Aaron Donalds. Whether they play offense, defense, whatever. And well, for one thing, Aaron Donald was a two or three star recruit, so you're not going to find diamonds in the rough on every position. And you might not land really good players in every position, or some you have to develop. So, really, it's nothing really they get angry about. With local kids, it just is what it is. So. I would say just get over it and move on. So we got some NBA stuff happening. Uh, the Warriors obviously swept the Blazers. I had the Blazers losing this game, losing the series in six. Because I thought, you know, after that big win against uh series win against Denver, Portland would be on the prowl. But the Warriors, at the end of the day, are just a really good team, and they're really well coached. They're basically what the New England Patriots are in the NFL. You know, what New England is to the NFL is what the Warriors are currently with the, with the NBA. It's just a group, group of players, and they're well coached. They know what to do. You know, they took out uh, Dame Lillard and CJ. Actually, more Dame than anything. The problem with Dame is he gets to he gets to be hero ball at times and they know it, and there's they put him in positions where he they know he he will fuck up and that's what happened. <clears throat> you know, and when Steph and Clay are on, they're on, and I think the you know the obviously the MVP of that series was Draymond, and I you know, as much as I dislike Draymond Green, I would take him on my team any day because he does a lot of stuff. For some players, you can't do. I mean, but with Draymond, he could do it. There's just a lot of things he can do. Not to mention, he he gets into people mentally. And that's one thing with the Rocket series. He got he got into the heads of those players. Sure, there was the eye gouge, but there was more than that. Mentally, he got into these guys' heads as well. So much for that. But now. They get a rest now, and of course, Raptors and Bucks are battling each other. Raptors fell two, down two games early, and it looked like the series was going to be over. But the Raptors figured out the Bucks. They took out Giannis. They took his ability to drive to the hoop, and they made him some more stationary, where he has to you know take take jump shots. And they won three straight. Game five, the, you know, it seemed like the Bucks were gonna, were finding ways to match them, but then they fell apart in the end. You know, Kawhi took things over, and you know, 
Plus, you had Fred Van Fleet who uh, stepped up. And that's one thing that hurt the Bucks this past game is the guys who usually step up d- didn't. I mean, is the series over? No. They they have two more games to go. And I think the Bucks they let this pass this game last night slip away. And I think they have a chance to take game six. But the problem is they have to get, they, have, they have to do it at Toronto. And it's gonna be a rowdy ass arena. I mean they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be lit up because they win this, they're going to the finals. You know, personally, I'd rather see the Toronto go than the Bucks because I think Toronto would be a better, better matchup defensively against Golden State. Plus, I think Kawhi, it's, you know, this for Kawhi, I think this would be more personal for him because last time he really faced these guys in the playoffs, the Spurs had a big lead and Zaza Pachulia somehow, you know, he went to block Kawhi's shot and landed on his leg. I mean, as much as we like to blame Zaza for doing that, and basically, you know, the Warriors being crooked and cheating their way to that Spurs series, you know, win. The Warriors were pretty much going to win that series anyway because Kawhi got hurt the previous series against the Rockets. So if it, if that injury didn't happen, then it was going to happen later in that series anyway. So it really, it really doesn't matter. If Kawhi was, you know, didn't get hurt on that play or not, the Warriors would have won that series anyway. They would, they would have figured it out. And I'm sure Kawhi. I mean, the guy was I mean, the guy was hopping on a leg and a half anyway. Eventually, you know, his body would have given. His body would have gave way. But now that's the thing about him. Now is he's hurt again. And I'm wondering if the Bucks, you know, try to exploit that as much as they can. We'll see. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs Monday, guys. We got the Blues and the Bruins. Now the Blues could have easily swept swept the uh, Sharks. Well, game one obviously was the Sharks, but the Blues uh, spotted them a whole bunch of goals in that game, and that's pretty much why that game went why that series went six games in the first place. Well, of course you have the, you have the hand pass. But down 2-1, you figured the Blues would be deflated. They came back and beat the shit out of the Sharks in the next three games. And so that's the end of Joe Thornton. And, you know, it happens. You know, there's plenty of great athletes who don't win championships. We can't win one for everybody unless we pass the uh, the Championship Fairness Act. Where we get to... Where, you know, we're, when they make it to the playoffs, we declare them all champions. And this whole playoff thing could be, could be just an exhibition. Would that be cool? Or no, you know, if they don't get to the final... Make it the final four teams are the champs. And then the rest of this is just a showcase bullshit crap. <laughs> yeah, these, uh, yeah, we're naming all four of these teams champions. And uh, yeah, these wrestling games are just an exhibition of uh, you know of their greatness. <laughs> it happens. Not everybody wins a title. We know this. And that's just part of life. I mean, I never want to. <clears throat> I think you know when I play little league baseball. 
I never won a uh, Little League championship. I mean, we won the All-Star title, but we never, you know, I, I never, I never put on a winning team, but... Whereas some parents, you know, didn't like that whole thing. So what they would do is they, they would move Johnny out of the neighborhood and put him on a team, you know, so he can play on a t- team that was winning. We had that before. We had, we had one kid that was playing on two teams. It was playing on our team, which was, was, which was the shitty team. But then he was playing for another team in our neighborhood that was winning. And, of course, any time that he had a game where our game, you know, we had, where our game conflicted with theirs, they would make sure he was playing on the winning team. So, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they th- basically, the parents thought the world of this kid, and they thought he was going to be a pro athlete. Yeah, it just didn't happen that way. I mean, I think he's a gym teacher now, but... Yeah, they, they thought, basically they thought he was going to be their milk ticket out, but, you know, he uh, he was a decent hockey player in high school, and, of course, he never got any college offers, and they blamed that on the prep schools because he didn't play for a prep school. I think he was playing, I forget where, it was a hockey club, but he was like a fourth liner. And that's the thing, when you get the, when you get the college, especially college hockey, if you're good in high school, or halfway decent, guys like you are a dime a dozen when you get to college. And that's why you got to keep training, and you got to keep practicing hard. Or it's just never going to happen. I think for me, my parents wanted me to get it. They wanted me to play along and I tried to get my little, my, my little jacket. Because, you know, every year we had a banquet. And every, every level you got some sort of, you know, Accomplishment, and uh, for me, my parents <clears throat> wanted me to stay long enough so I can get that little league winter jacket. Because there's the one level where you got the windbreaker. You can only wear it in springtime, but once you get to once you finish this one level of little league, you got the nice big winter jacket. And it had like the you know your neighborhood's logo on it, and it was like it was like a staff symbol, like you meant something. Like, yeah, I excuse me, I just bumped the table. Yeah, I play for this little league team. Yeah, I mean, same with uh, when I was in Catholic school for basketball. There was the uh, you know fourth grade, you get the little trophy. <laughs> the participation trophy, I guess you could call it. Fifth grade, you got the plaque. Sixth grade, I think you got you got you got the nice winter jacket. You know the the button down. I forget what seventh grade was though. Seventh, I forget, I don't know what they got for seventh grade. Eighth grade, I know they got a big ass trophy, and I think they got like a even more fancier jacket. Man, those were the days. <clears throat> but I know, like I know, like with deck hockey, we won a championship in deck hockey, and um, we had two choices: we could either get the trophy, 
the trophies or the uh, or get free registration the next year. And I think we took the trophies. Because, you know, winning a deck hockey title was a huge deal for us. And of course we got the and of course they had this big like trophy with with the with the names of the teams on the plaque for every season they won a championship. And we got to have our name on that plaque. That was you know, that was you know that's what you strive for. But then the league got a little bit out of hand as we got older. And this was during the WWE Attitude Era. And basically, going to every game was like going to a WWE match. Games would just end in fights. And then they started making money prizes for leagues where you won a certain sum of money. And I think I quit, I think I quit before that. I did. But I do know the fine got even more worse because, you know, it was over money now. But for me to go, I think... I stopped playing. One of the big reasons why is because my grades in college were suffering. And the thing about going to deck hockey is, you have to leave an hour before your game just to get to the rink. Then you play forever an hour, and then you got to drive back home, which is another hour. So three hours out of your night is gone of studying. So I kind of realized that you know, I'm in college. I need to you know, get decent grades so I can get, like, a decent job. So, yeah, I gave up that cocky to pursue my degree. <laughs> Imagine how that sounds now. Yeah, I gave it up to pursue my degree. <laughs> I realized I just can't continue on professionally with this. And, of course, they have traveled deck hockey and roller hockey teams as well. I don't know if they still do all that now, but I know a whole bunch of guys that did that. They would travel to different rinks. They had travel leagues, and they would play. Yeah, so, there was all that. And of course, I do remember, there was a deck hockey rink in the south side by the ice arena, Neville Ice Arena. Yeah, those were some fun times too as well. But like, the thing is, is, the thing is, is, if you had rivals with other teams, you can't really... Going to the rink was always a... The ice skate was always fun because you always ran into these people. Especially the mall, too. If you go to the mall, you would run into, like, teams you play against if, if, if they hate each other. <laughs> Sometimes arguments broke out in the food courts. I think one time we were in JCPenney's, and um, there was one guy who got kicked out of the league, and I guess we were, we were in JCPenney's looking at clothes... I don't know for I for, I forget for what I think my friend was looking for clothes for some job interview and this was like in high school and I think weather goons like a solace and he just like they just they just start running their mouth in the middle of J C Penney's. <laughs> oh man, that was God. Those were some fun times, but I remember coming back. To, to playing deck hockey years later. I was like, I think that was like, we, I stopped playing when I was around 20. And I remember when we were 27, 28, we started playing again. And like a fight broke out at one of our games at the end of the mat and at the end of the thing. Because their team obviously had alpha male syndrome and wanted to rub it in that they beat us. So of course a fight breaks out 
and we're trying to break it up. And I just remember somebody saying, come on, guys, it's dulling deck hockey. But, yeah, it never changed. I mean, I think we did win one more championship. And I forget what division it was. I think it was one of the lower divisions. But I think we tried to play. We Then we went the, next, the, the last season we played, we went 12-0, and ran the table to the championship. Game one, we lost because... We were out drinking the night before, and we were all. And the game was at nine o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning. We were all still drunk, and I think we lost that game. I think like nine nothing. I just remember I was on defense. I remember the. I just remember the deck hockey rink spinning in circles. I think I fell down a few times too. Yeah, that was horrible. And I think, but I think then we had you know the next game as well. I think we we lost that as well, and that was the end. Oh well. I'm done rambling, you guys. Have a uh, great weekend. Hail to pit. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.